0: I do my skincare and some amount of makeup shopping every three months. And last weekend, I got my products delivered to me. In a podcast version of Come See Me Unpack My Beauty Haul, let me tell you what I got. So there's the Evergreen Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair Serum, The Ordinary's Salicylic Acid and Niacinamide Acid, Olay's Everyday Moisturizer, Lanish Lip Sleeping Mask, and the Body Shop's Shea Butter Hand Cream. Yeah, good skincare does not come cheap. As a millennial who learned most of her makeup skills watching YouTube videos back when I was a teenager and someone who loves being connected to the digital world always thanks to smartphones, social media, OTT and so many other things. The consumption of beauty and skincare products is an evolution I have literally lived. Most millennials listening in would remember in the early 2000s, before Nika came into existence, if you had to buy a premium makeup brand, let's say MAC, and you wanted to get your favorite lipstick, MAC, Ruby Woo, or a perfume, say Chanel No. 5, you only had three options. Shop a store, if you were a middle-class kid like me, or if you were very, very lucky, you would have a rich friend or an NRI cousin who will pick up your favorite product from the duty-free store or the country that they're coming from. We have come a long way since then. With increased disposable income, Indian women are experimenting with new product categories. And they're spoiled for choices between a rapidly growing number of homegrown and international premium brands in India. And the rise of this consumer demand, initiated by the poster boy of e-commerce beauty, Nykaa, has resulted in consumer retailers and brands to focus on this category too. First, we had Shopper Stop. Then Sephora entered India in 2012. The same year, we saw Nykaa being launched as well. And then came Purple.com. Large consumer companies are also eyeing this category. E-commerce giants such as Amazon Beauty and Mintra Beauty are not far behind. Then there are the new age D2C brands. And we also have legacy conglomerates like tata click entered the beauty space with tata click palette and as if so many players wasn't crowded enough last month reliance retail also decided to foray into the beauty retail market of the country the company launched its mammoth-sized store tira in mumbai but all is not well with beauty and personal care retail market of india i mean Mama pulled back its IPO plans after being under the limelight about its $3 billion valuation. Similarly, Nika off late has been in the news for all the wrong reasons with its less than impressive performance in the stock markets and multiple senior executive exits. And yet, here we are with Reliance betting big on beauty. What is making beauty retail business especially premium beauty retail so lucrative in India? Is it just repeat consumption? Or is it a newfound love for beauty that Indian consumers and retailers seem to have developed? Let's find out. You are listening to The Morning Brief. I'm your host, Shawuri Das. And this Friday, we dig deep into the growing beauty retail battle of the country. In order to understand the beauty retail market better, we decided to speak to those who run that business. Dharmarajan K. from Tata Click, Biju Kasim, President Beauty of Shopper Stop, and an investor betting big on this category. Arjun Anand, Managing Director of Verl Invest, a consumer goods investment company, and Arvind Singhal, founder of consumer tracking firm, Technopack Advisors. But when did this start? When did beauty as a category become relevant? Well, let's go back a little bit. Here's Arvind Singhal of TechnoPak Advisors.
1: What is changing over the last 10, 15 years is consumers and especially women, many of whom are actually earning their own income in some form or another for the very first time in their lives. And they could be not only just in big cities, they could be in smaller cities, they could even be in larger villages as such, or rural areas. They are the ones who are driving the aspiration and therefore the growth of especially the skin and beauty market as such. But that is where the penetration of traditional retail becomes very, very important. Large format, organized, physical retail, online retail, and traditional retail. I don't see much of a significant change between the share of these three channels, simply because all of them are addressing a larger group of customers.
0: The 20 billion dollar beauty and personal care industry has literally blown up in the last five years. And it has rapidly evolved. Traditionally, soaps, body care, oral hygiene products, stuff we bought with our daily groceries have contributed to the largest chunk of the industry's revenues. Now, Indians are actively trying out serums, peels and toners. Why? Awareness. A massive chunk of social media content is videos on DIY skincare and beauty routines. Videos on YouTube and Instagram will now teach you the benefits of salicylic acids, AHA, BHA peels and niacinamide.
2: Have you been searching for the perfect custom DIY face mask for your skin type and skin concern? Get ready for this because we're taking you on a choose your own face mask adventure. Simple ingredients, you can make your kitchen a lot of money magic. I don't chemicals I'm to make natural use. Karun. So let's go for it. You guys
0: have my DIY skincare routine? Okay, come on. Self love and self care are things millennials and Gen Z have really taken to. They have upped their beauty game and how? and brands are reaping the benefits. Out of the total sales of BPC, 75% still comes from Kiranas. And the remaining 25% comes from e-commerce marketplaces, think Nike and purple.com, beauty specialists such as Sephora, department stores such as Shopper Stop, and of course, the new age D2C channel driven by the likes of Sugar Cosmetics and Mama Earth. Sure, the premium beauty market of India contributes a thin sliver of the total beauty and personal care sales of the country. The remainder of the sector is generated by mass and mastiche brands. In fact, our per capita beauty consumption is a tenth of our neighboring countries and a hundredth of the West. But while mass beauty and personal care is expected to grow at 8% during 2023 to 2026, premium beauty and personal care is expected to grow at almost 14% during that same period. Beauty has suddenly become that hot cake product that every retailer wants a piece of. The two things that make the category extremely lucrative are the frequency of repeat purchase and the average order values of the category. And the focus area of these new retailers seem to be the offline market. Nika, the poster boy for beauty retail in India, currently has 135 outlets already the company plans to expand this number further. Similarly, Sugar Cosmetics, which was a D2C first brand, generated nearly 55% of its revenue from the offline channel last year. Every single retailer is trying to make their presence felt across the brick and mortar channel.
1: These have been the stores which attract uh, tens of millions of walk-ins every year and most of them are therefore able to look at the products look at the various sales counters or various brands in some cases talk to sales staff which can actually answer questions for them in many cases use variety of applications or applicators to test some of these products out so in that context physical retail especially the likes of shopper stop lifestyle have played a significant role in evolution of indian consumer especially the first-time Indian consumer for these products.
0: Beauty as a retail category attracts a lot of footfalls into the store. In addition, it has a very high average transaction value per square foot, which is a standard metric to check the success of any retail outlet. Transactions per square foot means real estate is really important in the economics of offline retail. And why not? Scale is critical to offline retail, and scale means more real estate. Good premium real estate in India costs a pretty penny, and premium beauty retail requires exactly that large real estate. Reliance Astera at the Bandra Kula complex stands tall at 4,300 square feet in size. It is one of the largest beauty specialist retailers in the country. Arvind says the demand and growth of the markets will push players like Tira to scale up further and faster than its predecessors have.
1: Uh, Historically, the growth may have been impacted by a relatively smaller size of the market, relatively smaller base of consumers, relatively poor availability of physical space, and so on and so forth. I would only look into the next 10 years. There is no reason to believe, especially in case of Tira, to not be present at least in 200 cities in India, if not more, and probably having not less than 500 retail outlets, if not more. So, growth potential for Tira and Tira's equivalent formats is much more optimistic, encouraging, compared to our lifestyle of our shopper style.
0: Understanding the beauty business requires a deeper understanding of the online and offline businesses. For a consumer to go from being a beauty aspirant to a beauty enthusiast, a retailer needs to provide that perfect blend of first-time shopping experience combined with the availability of multiple retail channels for the same consumer to become a repeat shopper. Omnichannel is the only way forward. A retailer is truly considered an omnichannel player when the process of buying is seamless irrespective of the channel of purchase. While a physical store might help rope in the first-time consumer, the online channel helps to make them a repeat consumer. Offline channels typically mean higher average revenues and margins for a player than online. But the lines between the two are now blurring because of consumer demands. To understand these different channels of beauty retail better, we decided to turn to the oldest premium beauty retailer of the country, Shopper Stop. I asked Biju how this whole balance between online and offline works for ShopperStop.
2: Look, to put things in perspective, and you touched upon, we are actually uh, the, the largest brick-and-mortar prestige beauty player in the country. When did we start to hear this online uh, ecosystem? It's very recent, right? While the West have had this phenomenon in the last uh, 15 uh, or 20 odd years. I think India, it started fairly late. So it is a combination. We believe at stop, and I think that is a global perspective. We believe in the omnichannel approach. So today, uh, yes, the convenience is at the core of it. The customer experience is at the core of it. And uh, we are here to delight our customers. So objectively, We welcome the customer to start the journey online-offline and end online-offline. So we are quite uh, comfortable in this uh, journey.
0: What, according to you, are the primary challenges of running an offline retail beauty specialist outlet in India?
2: The inherent challenges in brick and mortar is largely the high, let's say, OPEX and CAPEX. Uh, Beauty real estate is normally high on rentals, so in order to make uh, break-events, it is, it is not as easy as any other mass market or uh, mass segment uh, businesses. Uh, volumes are still fairly low. Technically, a counter, hypothetically, in, let's say, Indonesia, you know, a country with uh, similar demographics, assuming that if they do, let's say, $100,000 in, in one particular location, India is probably at uh, ten dollars to $15,000. So first and foremost for me, Uh, The beauty retail needs to have fairly better consumption. And uh, hopefully with consumption coming, we should be able to see less challenges in the brick and mortar space.
0: Could you tell us for a successful offline retail outlet, what percentage of the total expenses is the rentals generally? Like how much it should be?
2: So basically, it could be anywhere between uh, 8 to 12%, and it can be as high as about 20%, depending on the size of the store, depending on the, the density of uh, shopping within a mall. So if I look at the best malls in the country, it can be as high as 25%. So, you know, that's the reason why I meant to say that it's not appropriate. But look, global standards, 8 to 12% is global standards. I think India has got a long way to go before we reach to that level. So that is the reason why it is a tough proposition. And every retailer finds it very difficult to crack uh, the rental uh, side of the story.
0: How do you think the beauty retail war is going to pan out from here on now that Reliance has entered the space?
2: Look, again, I will really not uh, want to compare or use the word war. I think it's going to be healthy competition. The fact of the matter, there are n number of new brands coming into the country, right? Right. So if you look at it from last year to this year, in the last 12 uh, months, there will be at least uh, 15 to 20 powerful brands that have come into the country. And I can tell you, we still have many, many brands that are still not in the country. So all the new brands is going to bring in new businesses.
0: Would you say that the offline business for beauty is a more profitable business in terms of unit economics, as opposed to the online business?
2: Not necessarily. There are models, uh, there are brands that do quite well online. And basically, if you look at the setup cost, I think online is much leaner because there is no space, there's no rentals, there's no people, there's no tester stands and there's no many, many things, right? Which is actually a starting point when it comes to offline.
0: Private labels are a big focus point for some of these offline beauty retailers, like Sephora. The retailer generates nearly 17 to 18% of its total revenue in India from its private labels. The average order value, or AOV, of the retailer in the country is 6,000 rupees, which is literally the highest amongst all beauty retailers in India as of now. In addition to that, Indian retailers, online or offline, still are not tapping into the private labels yet. Sephora generates revenues worth 170 to 200 rupees per square feet. This is a very high number in India. So, I asked Biju, what is the private label beauty strategy for stop?
2: Private label for any retail system is important. Uh, we also have a private label uh, ambition within beauty. We have a brand by name Arcelia, which is actually a private label brand. We are also working on a couple of new uh, private label options. And uh, we have a very, I would say, fairly ambitious plan, but not at the cost of international brands.
0: Now, let's talk about another legacy brand that has big plans for this space. Tata Consumer entered the beauty retail market with their online platform first and are planning to expand into the offline space this year. The fine balance between high expenses and, if successful, the directly proportional higher AOVs is what Tata consumer will have to balance with these new plans. So I asked our next guest, Dharmarajan K. from Tata Click to explain. Could you elaborate a little bit about how different the unit economics are for offline retail, beauty and personal care store as opposed to an online retail store in India?
3: To be honest, the challenge is not so much on profitability. There is a strong business case for expansion on the offline side. I don't see any challenge on per square feet productivity uh, at all. And that is not the constraint or the current challenge that we have to solve for. Today as a country, our current challenge would be, is the availability of retail spaces. It is so concentrated on uh, metros and tier one. Our ability to enter into tier 2, tier 3 and availability of good quality retail spaces, aggregated retail spaces will be the challenge. The challenge will not be so much on unit economics. What are your offline expansion plans? We are already sort of ready to open about two, three stores within this quarter itself. And there is a plan to open large number of stores in the next three to five years. What is the average store size? We would be looking at anything between 1500 to 3000 square feet.
0: Are there any particular brand partnerships that you guys are working with? Or are you bringing in any international players in the market? I ask because, I mean, again, Sephora is bringing in Rare Beauty. Uh, They're planning to launch it sometime soon. And uh, Rare Beauty is, uh, is a huge brand, right? So can we expect something similar from Tata Click?
3: Yeah. See, uh, these partnerships you will get to see across the board. It will not be restricted to one player, one platform. Today, we are in conversation with almost seven or eight really large beauty brands across the globe uh, to bring them here. Some who have already have a certain amount of demand basis, different metrics. For example, Google search is a proxy of a prominence of a certain brand which is not present in India, but people in the country are searching for that brand. Those are some of the indicators through which we go out and read some of these brands and try and get them in. Having said that, you would still have about 70% of the business, at least in the country, will come in from those top 100 beauty brands, which will typically be available across all the players.
0: The business of beauty is more lucrative than one gave it credit in India in the past but a business is about making money. And our next guest has invested in the business. Verlinvest invested in Purple.com, the second largest beauty marketplace in the country. Purple.com caters to the tier two, three, and four cities heavily and has more affordably priced products. Let's find out how the economics of beauty retail business works in India. Welcome, Arjun could you tell us about uh, the profit margins and, you know, the numbers? And also, it would be great if you could touch upon all the four retail channels because at this point of time, the way things are developing, it seems like offline is where the gold is at. But do you agree with that? Do you not agree with that?
4: So at the start, any investor you ask about beauty personal care, the first thing that will come up is very high gross margins. Now, this industry has fortunately been endowed with gross margins, regardless of price point, which is very healthy. And that gives you so much room to operate a business and build brands, which creates enormous amount of profitability. The typical gross margin for this industry should be at 70%, which is way higher than most other FMCG categories. Now, if you're a luxury brand, this could go up to 80, 85, even 90%. If you are A more accessible brand this could come down to 60 percent but very rarely would you find a beauty personal care brand which is operating less than 60 percent of gross margin and to compare and contrast this in the food fmcg world a great gross margin is 40 percent. so you're living and and breathing at a very nice place in the in the margin pie if you're in beauty personal care but alongside this comes building brands so beauty personal care as we have experienced over the last uh, decades, have spent a lot on building brands. Typically, you would see a lot of celebrities, you would see a lot of ads, as these brands get built out. They're able to do this because when you sit at 70 plus percent gross margin, you're able to invest so much more in brand building. And that's how these brands have been created over time. Beauty has been about establishing why this category needs to exist, which is providing content, routines, reasons and regimens why you need to use these products which indians never used for so many years beauty if done right and as it evolves will have significantly greater margins than personal care because fundamentally these operate at even higher gross margins uh, they operate at, at at a consumer set which is able to pay even higher than what personal care would do and hence those margins should be very very healthy at all levels
0: What are the retailer margins for marketplaces?
4: Retailer margins, depending on the brands, can range anywhere from 20 to 30%.
0: All right, last question. I wanted to understand from you, from a VC's perspective, how do you see Reliance's foray into the premium beauty retail is going to have an impact on the overall market of beauty
4: in India? Good question. So from an investor's perspective, Reliance opening up premium beauty stores in India is a very positive phenomenon because it enables luxury beauty brands to be created out of India and gain access to distribution. I think the consumer ultimately today, especially the premium one, is starting to recognize Indian brands made in India for India and not shying away uh, from Indian brands only looking at Uh, international and and foreign brands, which are not necessarily made for Indians. And so from that perspective, it's a very positive development for luxury retail to open in India and the beauty industry. This should enable more luxury brands to be created in India for India. Today, I can think of two which have been obvious. One is Forest Essential and second is Kama Ayurveda. They had to go through the hard job of opening up their own stores go through the hard job of creating their brands over the better part of the last decade. Now, with such forays of of reliance and others catering to this luxury audience, you should see more action in the industry.
0: So I'm hearing all good things, no challenges.
4: Challenges remain in terms of competition. I think today, if you ask me versus three years ago, the beauty industry is brutal when it comes to the number of competitors out there. Most niches of some relative scale have been filled by a brand of resonance. And so you really have to bring a unique value proposition, a sharp brand uh, and sharp communication to the table if you if you want to play.
0: One of the primary reasons why every consumer company, and honestly, at this point, it looks like every consumer company is investing in beauty retail and especially focusing on the offline stores is the high margins the business is lucrative and the value to volume ratio is very high. The value to volume ratio means, or translates rather, to a relatively high value at a very small package and very small volume. Because of the nature of the products, one is able to generate very high sales per square feet or gross margins per square feet, especially when compared to most other FMCG categories. Beauty retailers provide An assortment of products that is not available in grocery retail. Grocery retail will probably contain personal care such as hair care and oral care, but it will rarely contain beauty, especially premium color cosmetics. There was a clear gap of demand and supply in the market and beauty retailers have finally realized that this gap is extremely profitable. While the rentals Employees, inventory management all add up to the expenses of the beauty retailer. All of them are taking on this formidable model of offline retail because of the very high gross margins per square feet. Add to that the frequency of repeat purchase and you have got yourself a golden goose, which keeps on giving. Reliance's foray into the beauty retail market almost seems like the most obvious thing now while the master disruptor is creating waves with its new store. The truth is, the battle of the beauty retail war of India started much before Reliance's entry. However, in which direction it is likely to go and who will end up coming on top amongst so many players remains to be seen. Who knew beauty is attracting such big bucks? You have been listening to the Morning Brief podcast brought to you by the Economic Times. And I'm your host, Shauburi Das. And a big thank you to our guests. A shout out to the team that helped put the episode together, our sound engineer, Indra Neel Bhattacharya, our producer, Surohini Jain, and executive producers, Anurban Choudhury, Anur Nair, and Arjit Barman. Please like, share and subscribe to the Morning Brief podcast on your favorite podcast platform to make sure you don't miss any episodes that we drop on every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening in. All clips used in the episode belong to their respective owners.
4: Credits are mentioned in the description.